the soft yet intriguing notes of a Southwest-inspired melody play, setting the scene for another rich episode. Hey there, folks, it's your trusty guide, retired President Obama, this time powered by the mythical desert emeralds, relics of old Santa Fe. Now, if you thought the Chaos Emeralds packed a punch, wait until you hear about their Southwestern cousins. Welcome back to Episode 63, Season 6, Episode 3. Part A of Reality Issues, your dedicated space for explorations that span not just our present, but also the intricate tapestries of our past. Today, Brian and Kathy will ride the winds of time back to the rugged landscapes of the Wild West. We're about to embark on a compelling journey into the life and times of Kit Carson, a name that echoes through canyons of history. Alongside, we'll wander the old trails of Santa Fe, unveiling stories etched in adobe walls and whispered through ancient pines. But just a little nugget of wisdom from me, the older you get, the more you appreciate these tales. In fact, I recall a hilarious fictional summer where I tried my hand at lassoing in Roswell. But let's keep that between us for now. Join us as we sift through the sands of time, uncovering hidden treasures of stories long told and memories preserved. And as we meander through these tales, perhaps we'll discover how the past still shapes our present in ways we've yet to fully grasp. Saddle up, dear listeners. This ride into the annals of Kit Carson and Santa Fe is bound to be a memorable one. The last notes of the Southwest melody gently fade, seamlessly transitioning into the heart of the episode. Carson, oh, Kit Carson, mountain man and buckskin pan help keep this country free. Buffalo gun and beaver trap He didn't even have a map The Rocky Mountains he called home He only lived just further Rome Carson, Carson Oh, Kit Carson Mountain man in buckskin tan Helped keep this country free Now John C. Fremont took his hand Said, Kit, I reckon There's another one, man. this song Kit says, Captain, that could be You just up and follow me Carson, Carson Mountain man in buckskin tan helped keep this country free. They pressed along o'er mountains high, desert scorched and burnt out dry. We'll follow when up with this fights, one. Showed the way. They finally reached California. Okay, hold on, let me do that. And then what's the other one? Uh, Bruce Cockburn's Kit Carson. Oh, yeah, there you go. Come okay, add this one. Comparing him to Neil Young. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, me either. I see the Canadian Neil Young. I mean, he's writing about the Indian War, so he's probably like really a huge Cormac McCarthy fan. Oh. And the president said to Kid Carson, Take okay, we'll do. Yeah. How about we do this? We'll do this one at the end. Mm-hmm. That one's so. Yeah. And then we'll do the cartoony one at the beginning. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm ready to go. Hit the, the we are recording is all okay. I'll hit the I'll hit play. Okay, sweet. Carson, Carson, oh, Carson. Mountain man and buckskin tan help keep this country free. With buffalo gun and beaver trap, he didn't even have a map. The Rocky Mountains he called home. He only lived just further roam. Carson, Carson, oh, Kit Carson. Mountain man in buckskin tan helped keep this country free. Now John C. Fremont took his hand, said, Kit, I reckon you're my man. Kit says, Captain, that could be. You just up and follow me. Carson, Carson, oh, Kit Carson. Mountain man in buckskin tan helped keep this country free. They pressed along o'er mountains high, desert scorched and burnt out dry. Through Indian fights, Kit showed the way. They finally reached California. Now 
Kit went back to his mountain life and even took himself a wife. But the hunting and trapping was most played out. He took his bride and headed south. Settled down at Santa Fe, but the mountains called him night and day, and his country called to him again, saying, Kit, them trails is getting dim. Carson, Carson, old Kit Carson, mountain man in buckskin tan helped keep this country free. So he donned them buckskins just once more, kissed his wife at the cabin door. Though Kit was getting gray and old, he still was mighty tough and bold. Carson, Carson, old Kit Carson, mountain man in buckskin tan helped keep this country free. Then back in Santa Fe one fall, Kit heard the strangest call of all. It wasn't from the mountains high, and folks all knew old Kit would die. Heaven's mountains free where buffalo and beaver be. There's a buckskin figure lean and tall, Kit Carson, greatest of them all. Carson, Carson, old Kit Carson, mountain man in buckskin tan helped keep this country free. Carson, Carson, old Kit Carson, mountain man in buckskin tan helped keep this country free. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm <clears throat> currently. Uh, oh my gosh, I have to start the kid, um, it's okay. <laughs> Saturday mornings I'm, are characterized uh, by. Floating in the. There we go. Oh, oh wow, a live you. performance even. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. Welcome to the 63rd episode of the podcast. 63A. Yes, it is 63A. It's so funny how it also lines up like that. I like that. Um, hello and welcome. It is uh, it's uh, Friday, September first. How about that? It's the first of September. We've made it this far. We've made it nine months, and I think we've been doing the podcast. God, it's crazy. I think about it. Yeah. Like a long time now. <laughs> a long time. That is correct. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, it's been it's been a blast. I know we've had some some like moments when we take a break. Yeah. You know, we go on vacation and things like that. Yeah. But I think that that's that's good. I think the fact that we can take vacations where other podcasts have a uh, obligation to show up because people are paying them. You know, I think that gives us uh, a little more humanity and a little more freedom. Uh, and the fact that we actually, when we show up, we want to be here, which is awesome. I mean, I like to be here every Friday. I hope you do. Too. I love it. Yeah. I love doing. Yeah, this is like my favorite part of the whole week. It's not even on the weekend. See. So, Brian, there's uh, some big news happening here in Santa Fe that I have to tell you about. Yes. I have please. to tell our listeners about please. this. Please, yeah. So, um, in order for me to tell this story properly, I think I have to go back in time a little bit. Okay. Um, I have to go back in time to the summer of 2020. Okay. And if I go back in time to the summer of 2020, you are going to remember that quite a few things were happening at this time. Uh, not only is it the first summer of the world's deadliest pandemic, yeah. a medical and health emergency unlike anything the world has ever seen, I think, ever before. Yeah, I have I to go back there when... mentally to us all losing our minds. like, and with that title, Okay, yeah. so remember that this is also in the summer of... Uh, Black Lives Matter, police uprisings, uh, yes. uprisings in uh, among communities against the police. June, uh, I remember uh, specifically that year was quite something. It was very intense. Yeah. Um, and along with this was, of course, also uh, the rise of uh, the more of right wing militias coming into more public view. And I say coming into public view because it's not like they weren't there. They were there, but they yeah. were just emboldened to kind of come out of their little shadows wherever they were 
And so there's also at this time lots of conversations happening nationwide about uh, statues, uh, about plaques, about uh, what we decide to honor and name, yeah. what, what streets are named after Confederates and what streets are named after uh, civil rights heroes, uh, yeah, why things are land acknowledgments and everyone is starting to have kind of this explosion in consciousness of – uh, of being uh, they're becoming woke actually is what's happening they're becoming woke and uh there was also a recent uh, uh a poll that came out by like usa today the most bland banal of the right of the polling and it said 61 percent of americans believe that the word woke means becoming attuned to social injustice oh. and so the more that the it's a, it's a bread and butter word at this point, right? Yeah. It's like um, the word mortgage isn't actually a jargony word anymore. You know, most people understand yeah. what the word mortgage is, even if maybe the actual mechanics and the dimes and the nickels and the percents, yeah. whatever, right? Like but, they might not know it's a 30-year agreement, but they get the concept. Right. And, and woke. So most people think of woke as becoming simply aware that social injustice exists. That's it. And so if, if that's kind of the table, kitchen table definition of woke, then I hope the GOP keeps being anti-woke because they come across as more and more unhinged. Yes. And uh, yeah. anyway, so as in, in the summer of being woke, um, something happened here in New Mexico that I think a lot of people were really surprised about, which is that we have our own statues, except they're not Confederates. They're Spanish conquistadors. Um, because Spanish conquistadors now bring to bear the, all of the symbology of conquest and manifest destiny that is the project of the new world, right? So yeah, it's the earlier you have Spanish layer. conquest. Yeah, the very first. You have Spanish conquest. So you have the Spanish arriving in what is what we now call Mexico City, right? Which was, you know, Aztec land, right? Which yeah. Tenochtitlan, if I'm going to also be woke in my land acknowledgement, right? And of course, not wokeness. That's just called <laughs> history. You just know it, right? There were people there. Yeah. And I, then I new people showed up city. on a fucking ship, you know? <laughs> you could probably take a good guess, though, even if you didn't, you know? And it is why I'm always yelling at people. I'm like, you know, like like we know HTML and C C hash and C plus plus because I think they're different or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't fucking know care. <laughs> I don't give a shit, right? I don't give a shit because I'd rather learn someone else's language, right? I'd yeah. rather spend ten minutes on Duolingo than trying to talk for another second to a fucking computer. Yes. I Even agree. if it's a language, I'm, I'd rather be on there. Like I'll spend I'll spend five minutes with Icelandic. Never gonna speak it. Probably never gonna go there. I'm never gonna accidentally run into Bjork and, and like. I'll get you there, Kathy. Don't worry. <laughs> well, one day. One All day. right, one, one day. day. I will run into Bjork. It'll be we great. We will and I'll run be into like, Bjork. Yeah, no, you will. Like apparently, if you go there, you see <laughs> her like seven people, times, yeah. and then they're like the first time you're like, whoa, and then it's the second, whoa, Kathy, I'm not kidding you. Like diminishing returns. Their downtown bar district really isn't that much bigger than Santa Fe is. It's just that they have like seven bars instead of like two. I mean, it's really, <laughs> yeah, but right. it really is not that much bigger. It, it's very, very small. And it really, I mean, it's pretty wild. It's, yeah, anyway. It's, well, to the realization that, of yeah. course, the world is a lot smaller than we think it is, Precisely. right? So yeah. the Spanish conquistadors show up. They literally destroy the Aztec civilization. They burn all of the manuscripts, and they slowly start like a plague walking up a variety of coasts. Right. They walk like a plague up the Florida coast. They yeah. walk like a plague up the Louisiana coast. They walk like a plague, like up the me like the Mexican, what we now call the Mexican coast and the New Mexican rivers and up through California. And because of their Christianity. Yeah. And their insane, you know, thirst for gold, they go around just like eating and grabbing. And so it sucked. And so this is, of course, a very. Uh, complicated history especially in new mexico because it kind of saw a little bit of everything right so new mexico gets all of the conquistadors but it also gets pueblo uprising in 1680 which is known as the pueblo revolt mm. which expels the spanish and it is the very first revolution on american soil what we call american soil right what you and i understand to be american right. soil is the modern borders of this political entity 
we call the United States of America, right? So, but so, but that history happened in Santa Fe. It was the Pueblo natives in Santa Fe who expelled yeah. the Spanish governors in Santa Fe and said, kick rocks. And the Spanish governors, tail between their legs, marched back off to Las Cruces, which we also associate with El Paso and uh, Juarez. Mexico, right? All these little triads are right there. All of those used yeah. to all be kind of sort of the same. They weren't different. Borders have made them different. Right. These geographic political borders have made them different. But back then, they were just a bunch of towns kind of nearby each other. So Cruces and El Paso and Juarez were all kind of all there. And they're all like, fuck, whoa, what do we do? And they're like, well, the native population has risen up against us and expelled us they are threatening to kill us if we come back they're taking over the spanish governor's residence yeah. it's exactly what happened on the plaza and then right a few years go by 30 40 years go by i don't know exactly Wait, is that the same building that we had our comedy festival in that like the that palace of the, the palace of the governors yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the Palace of the Governors is where I didn't know that Spanish one was the, the one, the yes, historic one. Yes. Okay, wow. So 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 the historical <laughs> buildings are in use, as Brian is describing. They yeah. are in use, like, like they're public buildings. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a museum. They just finished remodeling it. Yeah, it's you beautiful. Can, you, uh, apparently, they've also remodeled it. One of the bedroom so you can actually Ooh. rent it out as an airbnb we Whoa, looked it up that's cool. it's incredibly reasonable that's really like cool. incredibly like well off season off yeah. season which is when a local would go right right i would love to be there in like the yeah. winter when like no one else is there or something and like in the depths of like february so, like hell yeah it's hell so yeah. beautiful I, I so i love that courtyard in the winter too it's mm -hmm. so the, when everything's frozen they have that water feature oh it's so nice yeah. so Right in that little area is uh, is evidence of indigenous settlement going back thousands of years, even in that little area it, where where that building stands now. So of course, every all of the Spanish arrive in Santa Fe. They look around and they go, "Oh, this place looks like a good place to set up camp." And of course, they said that because lots of people had been setting up camp there <laughs> yeah. for however long, right? The weather's it's, nice. They, they, yeah. I, it's like showing up at like now at a national park going look i've discovered this campsite like, yeah. it's, you know, there's a trash can. i claim this campsite like for the smith can. family yeah <laughs> right? like no like you got a parking permit bitch that's what you got right so that's essentially what happened to the spanish they showed up in that little area and they were like this look good to you and they were like oh this looks good i like, guess other people have been using it sure <laughs> They must know something we don't. Yeah. Right? Let's set up here. Water so around here, or something. I don't know. <laughs> there must be if people have been spending the night, right? Makes mm -hmm. sense. <laughs> so, so that's again, right? Like I, I, if and if you've ever seen Aguirre Wrath of God by Werner Herzog, I really do get the impression it was literally exactly like that. Like just clueless and stupid, wearing metal clothing as they're like marching through water, and all of the indigenous are like, you know, you could just. Like not, not wearing that. that shit right like you can just take that off and just go swimming it's it really is well, no. and they're like no i am klaus kinski and they were all so they were all klaus kinski is i think the point right every single one of these idiots is just imagine like a little herd of like so imagine you're playing the civilization game yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like someone shows up as like you put down a little battalion of Klaus Kinski's and then you march them in to Santa Fe and they're like, okay, here we'll set up here. <laughs> just, I was just reminded of that the other day, actually. In the lead up to playing some video games, I, I was playing um Humanity. It's a new it's like a civilization like I didn't like it. So I just went back and played Civ Six. Yeah, see, and, that's uh, the that's the correct answer. And they they uh they have um it reminded me that like the army tiles were just like representative of, like three people were supposed to be like thousands oh of people. I, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking about yeah, that. Like, like, oh my god, these people. Yeah. Okay, so imagine anyway, a sorry. whole phalanx. Mm -hmm. Imagine a whole Roman phalanx <laughs> of clubs. <laughs> okay, imagine shields, if you will, shields in position. Eyes. Creating the box formation, it's like gladiator. Yeah, yeah. all of the little the spears. <laughs> yeah, the spears are the appropriate <laughs> angle. Yeah. yeah, like in the diagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. One of them's like really struggling to hold it for some reason, <laughs> and the other Kinskis are about to turn on him for being too weak. Okay, so. 
Okay, so now that you've imagined all of the Klaus oh, Kinskis yeah. mm -hmm. uh, who have been forced to retreat to Las Cruces, essentially, mm -hmm. they're like, fuck, we got to go back. And so they eventually they do. Uh, reinforcements show up, essentially. And one in particular uh, is this guy named Oñate. Oñate was particularly cruel. And he was... Uh, uh, he was known for like cutting off people's feet and shit like that. Oh shit! Um, as, as you know, like so, imagine you're like a warrior and you're like a proud warrior of a proud warrior lineage, kind of regardless of, or maybe you know, of prowess, right? Regardless of kind of which culture civilization you are, to have something like your limb removed or deformed it would be like you know psychological blows but like the, the what it's trying to convey is something mm -hmm. beyond like hey you lost this fight and this sucks right it's not like hey we're walking away like gentlemen whatever the fuck that means right like and i'm not saying that that has ever existed i'm making the case that it never has right <laughs> so um nonetheless right so uh after after the indigenous expel the Spanish, the Spanish, of course, come back. And that is called the Reconquest. And they call it the Peaceful Reconquest. And it is, of course, debatable about how peaceful this Reconquest actually was. This is the thing that the Santa Fe Fiestas celebrate at the beginning of every September. Oh. Right. I wasn't aware of so that. So to further contextualize the public celebration. So, you know, you know, in Philly, they have that that like danish parade or something and they all get dressed up in blackface and they're like no, 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 no this is really not blackface this is something totally different my eyes are getting wider and wider kathy the no I... something? I don't it's a i don't know it's something really different but i believe is, you okay. i'm just like blown away Hold on, weird. i'm always well, accepting even... new things into my life what that exists and there we go yeah 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 they talked no, about this no, on... but there's one in, oh. yeah but there's one in the united states too then then they were like no we're mummers <laughs> philly's mummers parade holy shit what? oh this is we're going this is incredible Or I guess maybe they've changed it up a little, but they're... Uh, have they? <laughs> there it is. Uh. Well, let's see when the... What year this was. 2020. So apparently the blackface is part of the, like, annualness, and they've tried to get it removed from it and just tried to, like, essentially sanitize... Yeah. Boulderize? Boulderize, I think, would be more the accurate term. They're trying to be like, well, we can edit out these parts, but be, we'll acknowledge that it's a long-standing cultural tradition. Like, it was like imagine, like, what the St. Patrick's Day parade must have been like during Prohibition. Heyo. <laughs> it has nothing to do about being racist. <laughs> nothing to do oh, with I'm gonna say it. I'm going to say it in a, in a Dutch accent. It's nothing to do with being racist to the black person or the white person or the yellow person. Great. Cool. Whatever. It's our tradition. Yeah, that's an actual quote that one of these blackface individuals... Yeah, they, they, that whole thing is a quote. So they're basically saying, we get that some people use blackface in this completely negative, awful, stereotypical way, but we pinky swear that that's not the way we're doing it. It is basically what they're saying, which... Okay, whatever. So I'm like dying. This is crazy. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, is that the Santa Fe fiestas are very similar in that they mm. have a long-standing tradition of celebrating the fact that the Spanish walked back into Santa Fe and essentially slaughtered a bunch of people. Yeah. And they dare call it the peaceful reconquest. And it's part of it is because when they also marched in... They marched in with actual like statuette of what they call La Conquistadora. And oh. it's like a wooden statue that has like Catholic, Spanish Catholic symbology associated with it. Because they were doing this for God, right? right. Uh, yeah. And not for gold, right? Not, not just whatever. Not for being Klaus Kinski, but whatever. <laughs> um, 
So, so uh, there's also so that statuette still sits in the uh, in in the uh, St. Francis Cathedral, the St. Francis Cathedral, which is right off the plaza, or you know, like right the 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 big gas church right downtown in Santa Fe. Yeah. So that church is the original location of the original churches that they built there for the Spanish. Saint, oh. It's just been slowly like oh they like built one in 16 whatever yeah and then they're like a few hundred like a hundred years later they go oh this one's looking kind of dingy let's build a new one so they tear it down and so on and so on until finally in the 1850s that's when bishop lamy shows up to santa fe and says let's build something more solid shall we and then builds the saint francis cathedral and and uh lamy archbishop lamy um, is also important because he, of course, gets written as uh, Death Comes for the Archbishop in Willa Cather's famous novel. Oh, so wow. I, I'm just kind of contextualizing it. I didn't so know that. the Spanish church has always sat at that location. It just wasn't always that exact building. I wasn't aware of that either. I knew that we mm -hmm. had like a historic church, but I didn't know it was the same. Oh, way location. historic. And so one of the best, <laughs> one of the like little basilicas that they've kept in that church. They've essentially tried to keep some of the remaining original pieces, right? Like oh. these rocks or those bricks or whatever. Oh, and so the Conquistadora, which was brought in by the Spanish the second time around, sits in the church. Oh. It is a part of the Catholic kind of like church. Wow. Like, because they had they had priests coming in with them. They weren't coming alone. They were coming with a retinue of... Of, of assholes, right? So remember the whole thing. So now, not just the soldier Klaus Kinski's. Now imagine a bunch of Klaus Kinski, like auto de fe inquisitor type of assholes marching in behind them. Because this is also literally oh, yeah, the time yeah, of the yeah. Spanish Inquisition. This right. is like so. This isn't a separate. Like it's maybe separate geographically, but it's but happening in here, time, time wise, there too. I, it's why New Mexico has I, so I, many crypto Jews too, because the Spanish, because the as Jews in Spain, they were like, "Fuck, we got to get out of here. Let's go to like, let's go to like where they're really not going to get us. Let's go to this New Mexico they've been talking so much about." Yeah. So a bunch of Jews show up in New Mexico, thinking they're safe from the Spanish Inquisition, but the Spanish Inquisition, all it did was follow them there because of the Pueblo Revolt, right? Wow. So basically, if they had. I say if they hadn't revolted, then probably they wouldn't have sent the Inquisitors, right? right. It was like fucking overkill. It, it was like, we're going to send you the Klaus Kinskis of the church. We're going to send you the Klaus. We were going to keep them over here because we really don't like the Jews. But now we're going to send them over to the New World because we really don't like the indigenous. So that's basically what Spain was doing concurrently in time. Right. Wow. So when we hear about the Spanish Inquisition, we hear about it as a thing in Europe. We don't hear about it as a thing that actually happened on what we now call the United States of America, because that is where Santa Fe is. That's where Santa it is Fe in is. the United States of America right now. Right. So it doesn't always feel like it, but doesn't always. And so. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. So now that you have an understanding a little wow, bit yeah, about yeah, yeah. what the fiestas are. Okay, so the fiestas celebrate the Spanish reconquest, and every year a bunch of guys get up dressed up in conquistador outfits, and they go, yay, we love the Spanish, and we're going to march our little uh, wooden statue down the Santa Fe Plaza again, and we're going to reenact it like a bunch of Confederates. I yeah. need to underscore this. That's exactly right, what so, it is. That's right. So while everyone else in the world is freaking out about Confederacy, everyone in New Mexico in the summer of 2020 is going, well, what the fuck about our conquistador statues? Yeah, they predate them. It's the same, it's the same concept. And we're like, hey, everyone, hey, do you guys want to pay attention to what's happening over here? No one really did until someone finally did. And here's what happened. In the summer of June 2020, a two, two separate uh, protests occur in New Mexico at the exact same time, okay. concurrently. One happens north of Santa Fe, which is exactly where they originally settled the Spanish. North of Santa Fe is this little place called Alcalde. And in Alcalde, there is a statue of Juan de Oñate, the conquistador who came back to reconquer New Mexico. 
There is also a statue of him down in Albuquerque, or was a statue of was in both locations because they are both no longer there. That is because in the days leading up to June 15th, when this article was published, uh, people showed up at either location with the intention of pulling them down. So, in Alcalde, this successfully happened. Okay. Okay. Um, in Alcalde, because Alcalde is the actual geographical location of the Spanish conquest, like it's like Gettysburg. Right. Okay. That's where all of the media attention actually was focused. It was all focused in Alcalde because everyone figured if shit's going to go down, it's going to happen mm. at the most symbolically important spot. Right. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Not that many people were in Albuquerque by comparison. Okay. Now, right. Albuquerque is a much larger town. Yes. Yes. Right. But as far as I understood it, all of the activist organizations and movers and shakers who had anything to do with anything were all in Alcalde. And all of the press was in Alcalde. Because that's where the word on the street was, was that everything was going to go up there. So what winds up happening is that in Albuquerque, people are there, but it's kind of like low key. People aren't really doing anything. And there's like signs and people are like, boo, and they're kind of chanting and there's drum circles. And it's like kind of like a typical protest, but it stays relatively peaceful until a right wing militia dude, of which we also have quite a few of here in New Mexico, because yes. we are a very libertarian state. Yes. Um, but I say libertarian, not in the like uh, just theoretical libertarian. Yes. I mean, the like armed libertarian. Yes. Um, we have a lot of those people here, too. We have a lot of uh, yeah, I... <laughs> reapers. We have a lot of uh, proud boys. Proud boys are huge here. Um, I will also remind people that it is a bunch of our state Republicans who are cowboys for Trump. It is our state Republicans who also helped to defraud and helped get Trump into this whole mess he's in at the moment, which is kind of badass, but we are one of those states. So so it's a lot to be kind of conscious of. So a right-wing dipshit shows up to Albuquerque in the summer of 2020 and opens fire on a bunch of these individuals um, that are pro peacefully protesting, right? They're doing their hippie shit outside the thing. It's fine. It's whatever. Um, but a lot of folks get injured. It becomes a national sensation. And indeed, you can see when I uh, – I think I closed the tab. Let me see if I can open it. Yeah, I wasn't tab. aware of, like, a shooting. That's... Um. No, those are the YouTube ones I don't want to open again. Uh, here, let me see. So if I just look up Conquistador Albuquerque shooting and just kind of even just click on the, just look at the Google resu results real quick, you're going to see the huge headlines we did wind up getting. Guardian, New York Times, NPR, wow, yeah, yeah. Reuters, right? I mean, and we don't usually get these kinds of headlines. We did because of the of the shooting. And it was happening at a time when everyone was like, oh, holy shit. Right. So this happens. OK. Um, things die down. Both of those statues are removed um, from uh, uh, public. Um, a few others are also removed. And then there becomes a conversation about what else should be removed. Yeah. Now, here in Santa Fe, those conversations of removing a variety of controversial uh, things dates back to the 70s. Removal? Indeed, in the to the 70s, 1970s. Wow. And in, in the 1970s, the city council had actually voted to remove two obelisks that stand in town. So, okay. So then, but those are just, <clears throat> an obelisk is an obelisk. They're all symbolic. You know, it's, you know, there's a little plaque or something that tells you what they're for. Yeah, like the Washington Monument. So you, of themselves, right. uncontroversial. But you're going to look at one. You're going to look at another in town, let's say. There's two. You take them down. Mm -hmm. There's seven more mm -hmm. was it was it just like an election cycle came up and the people who were responsible for removing them were out of office or like they just thought two was enough at that time or um so what they did in the 70s was there had been a lot of public outcry in the 1970s it was a huh. revitalization of the american indian liberation movement um oh. aim uh the american indian movement is i think what they were actually called okay 
So this was a, you know, this is summer of 69. This is a time of great political upheaval. So in the 70s, people are becoming, oh, no, they're becoming woke. Yeah, truly. See, Brian, so uh, truly. And I, you know, I'm, of course, I'm kind of saying the word woke sarcastically, so, yeah, you but... know, kind of as a dig. But I but I mean that, of course, in a very real, genuine way, because that is that is exactly what it fucking means. That's what it's always meant. When you got woke, it meant you kind of opened your fucking eyeballs to the reality of the world around us. Right. right. It was literally it meant there... like you you woke up, you grew up and you took the correct pill in the matrix i don't remember which one i, I, the red I was one. just joking about that i have no idea which one was the right one but you know whatever <laughs> but you took the correct one yeah. right so and, and, <laughs> but what it meant was that like you kind of started to see the world in kind of more nuanced terms you 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 realize like holy shit like i i do get it right this yes. isn't yeah this isn't because i'm a deadbeat who can't pay my rent it's because rents have gone up 700 percent, you know or whatever you know and as soon as you start looking around all these issues mm -hmm. are attached in one way or another mm -hmm. really so i think that's what was essentially happening in the 1970s and so even in the 1970s the city council of santa fe said hey we have these two particular obelisks that have these plaques on them see the obelisk by themselves that's, i mean it looks like a penis but it doesn't it's yeah. not really otherwise controversial it's just a thing you can't immediately know what it represents yeah it's the plaque that's written on it right it's like you can get a trophy but if i got a trophy for being the best pedophile <laughs> in the tri-county area i don't think i'd want that trophy <laughs> Right. What matters is what's stitched on it. Right. <laughs> it's very, very, very true. <laughs> yes. So if I had an obelisk in town that was commemorating Santa Fe's heroic pedophiles, I would probably want to tear it down, regardless of how pretty the statue actually was. And yep. so, um, <laughs> sorry. So the obelisk yes. that is in the center of town in the plaza had four plaques on it okay oh okay had four plaques on it they one on either it? side oh okay and no there's one on so there was one for all kinds of stuff oh there was one for like we honor our proud union soldiers of the, who fought bravely in the civil war <laughs> okay yay yeah. boo the confederates yeah. boo okay yeah. i think we can all get behind that one uh-huh okay. on the other one i don't know it was like war widows or something sure. like you know, yeah okay, okay. Yeah. And the other one, it's like our brave nurses or something. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, remember what they were. Commemoration. Something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. And then on the fourth and final side were all of the brave freedom fighters who had killed all of the savage natives in order to pave way for civilization. It said some shit like that. That is. How many times did I walk past that and said that? And I never even like looked. That's insane. So in the 1970s, somebody had carved out the word savage. Oh, okay. So when you walked by, there was just this big blank carved into the marble plaque on the side of the Somblins. So this happened in the 70s. Okay. City council is like, you're right. It's too divisive. We need to take them down. And then for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. It was like a Parks and Rec thing where it was Weird. like, okay, well, I don't want to be the guy that actually sends the truck in to take this thing down. And then there was like, somebody was like, are, are we even allowed to? Like, like, don't we have to get like a permit? Like it started to turn into like oh. this bureaucratic like nightmare as it were, right? Yes, yeah. so, so it went nowhere, okay? okay? So summer of 2020, June 15th, these two statues and these two locations that are not Santa Fe are torn down. Okay. A few months later, on Indigenous Peoples Day, a.k.a. Columbus Day. Yes, that's right. People had finally had enough. And the obelisk that stood at the plaza, where only one side of this four-sided thing was like the offensive thing, the entire thing was torn down. Because they were like, they're never going to get rid of that fourth plaque. So let's, then it all fucking comes down. Right. And so uh, people showed up. You can see here some photos of people tearing it down. It became a huge thing. It appears comments have been turned off on this particular article, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this happened just a few months later, and people have been sore about it ever since. Okay. Which makes sense. Okay. But that was the context of that particular one. 
the other obelisk that had also been voted in the 70s to be removed honored not nurses and war widows and savage native killers. <laughs> yeah. It instead honored one Kit Carson. Kit Carson, who is recognized perhaps as a frontiersman hero, as we heard at the very beginning yeah. of this of this episode. That well can, that can mean some things, I imagine. <laughs> well Kit Carson was known <clears throat> So you know you you know you you know you you know how you, you have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Uh yes, I saw it in theaters. So you remember Hans Landa? I don't the remember. The Jew the... Hunter? Oh, yeah, was that played by he's, um, he's, he... um that famous actor has Yes, I do. I do remember. Yeah, yes. the guy. Christoph yeah, Waltz. He, he... Christoph Waltz. Yes, yes, and he's the, the villain of villains yes, in the movie. Of course, quite. when 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 he gets his come up and we are all thrilled and we cheer. Yes. Um, so you know how Hans Landa is the Jew hunter? Yes. Well, imagine Kit Carson is being played by Hans Landa. Oh, no. And imagine kind of that energy being brought. So when we kind of revere Kit Carson as a hero, we revere him as an American frontiersman. But all of these people were assholes. Yeah. Yeah. That that That's the moral of the story. So when you, you know, if you would like to instead... Um, you know, learn more about Kit Carson on your own and the way that they kind of scouted out the West and uh, did the whole the whole deal. The, the Indian Wars thing, right, is who they are celebrating. The, yeah. Oh, he was in the military. Mm-hmm. So Kit Carson also, uh, like, I think, like, I don't know if he led the long walk, but after he defeats a bunch of the Navajo, and of course I say defeats after he kills a bunch of the Navajo, down at the Canyon de Chelly, so begins the long walk and the expulsion of the Navajo to the reservation where the they are now as it were yeah i'm speed reading everyone home <laughs> so kit carson isn't exactly and especially in a place like here santa fe which of course has become much more woke kit carson isn't exactly the celebrated hero he once was no no and so the second obelisk honors kit carson yeah that's so and so in 2020, during Indigenous Peoples Day, the Kit Carson obelisk was not toppled, but it was vandalized during that whole summer. Uh, it was like, Kit Carson is a genocidal maniac or something. Oh, it says stolen land on here. But there, were, there was a lot of um, a, a renewal of the objection to an obelisk honoring Kit Carson. Right, so uh, last night, yeah, now on the eve of fiestas, as Zozobra gets ready to burn later That's this right. evening. That's right, this evening, really. And and as the Santa Fe fiestas start, the Santa Fe fiestas, which honor the conquistador spirit, somebody has toppled the Kit Carson obelisk in New Mexico. Both of these are seen as like the urge to colonize, right? So when here in New Mexico they talk about colonization, it it hits a different kind of gut because it doesn't just mean like somebody like it doesn't mean the same as gentrifier, right? Which is like what TikTok and kind of the popularization, Twitterfication kind of bullshit dilution of all of these things actually mean like we mean the actual colonization of like we're coming in to take your land like literal we're coming colonization. in like literal colonization right so that's the spanish and when that came when they came in that was the americans in 1848 once it once new mexico became a territory this is an ancient history to New Mexico, right? It is ancient history if you're like, oh, we're my family's from Pennsylvania and we can trace ours to statehood. 
that that's a long time. That's like 17 something, right? Statehood in New Mexico means 1912. Right. Right. So uh, it, it's very different. It's very, very different, I think, as a concept and the Wild West aspect of it. Um, yeah, I mean, Santa Fe was in the Wild West until the the Wild West was no longer a thing. I mean, if anything, it was probably one of the last places that was like the Wild West. It would have had to been. Anyway, so that's uh, that's the ballad of Kit Carson. Yeah, that's um, that's really uh, fascinating because I feel like as someone who did live not just in Santa Fe but in that area, like I would walk past these things all the time and never think twice about them. And I think most people do and or did <laughs> did previously. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, there's a mighty long list of ob obelisks and like, you know, abstract structures, probably, you know, commemorating something or someone. But have like, you know, I never took the moment really to see what, mm -hmm. um, which goes to show you how important it is you can get rid of something like that because no one really knew what it was when they were walking past it anyway. And it's like, now's the time. You know, like it's everyone's mostly forgotten what it was about anyway. You might as well take it down, and no one should really mm -hmm. have it because no one should really have an argument. You know. Yeah. So, um, probably the um, probably the most concerning thing, at least, uh, you know how like last week we were talking about true crime and what crimes are. Oh yeah, this could be a felony because it's a fe uh, actually it could be a a, a, a federal like real big crime because it's vandalizing federal property is this on this yeah so that's a big crime so so the the first obelisk was destroyed on city property yeah what are they gonna do get upset that's what they did and then that's it they stopped so <laughs> this was on there. federal property which is probably why wisely people in 2020 didn't do anything but here's here's the juicy bits of this okay are you ready uh-huh so here's some photos yeah you see what looks like a cop right you see yeah, he's he's nighttime. got some kind of a badge i can't really make out what that is it might be security this looks like a taser yeah i don't think he's, he's shining a, a light right it looks like he looks like a rent-a-cop yes, right okay yeah, a fake one yeah so next photo okay okay yeah still shining a light he's using his phone flashlight very professional yeah he's very professional <laughs> even though i'm sure he has a flashlight on his belt or something here's a file photo of what it looked like the oh. summer of 2020 when it was spray painted with the phrase stolen land uh-oh oh <gasps> here are two homeland security officers and if anyone has watched the the show 24 you know that homeland security is not um your friend they're the antagonist in 24 they are standing next to what looks like a different rent-a-cop guy i will also note that homeland security guys totally both have cop haircut i bet you that that guy on the right is like some kind of federal security guard or some equivalent like a 20 oh yeah the, the, the guy guard the, the guy who like what? sits at the desk and like looks at the tv the, monitors while he yeah the guy at the far the the rent a cop guy he's totally bald yeah which means <laughs> he, he also like has a character cop from head. a movie yes he does. this totally looks like a scene from homeland or whatever <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah it's so silly oh look at this see yeah mm -hmm. and they're so okay. you will see that the top of the obelisk has come down. The plywood box around it has been exposed. You're going to see this white truck right here. Yeah. Oh. Again, another file, another file photo of the what it uh, of the vandalized. Yeah, when it was still stood but vandalized, and it says rapist, um, uh, missing and murdered indigenous women, right? And then over here it says 1680. That's the year of the Pueblo revolt. Um, no pride in genocide. These are common catchphrases and slogans. I, I don't want to say catchphrases. They're slogans, Slogan. right, of folks who are um, who have been advocating for this, whether they're spray painted or not, right? Like, uh, 
Uh, just like no cop city, you don't have to be a physical demonstrator to say that phrase and hashtag on Twitter, right? That could just label you as a supporter. They're just phrases, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so those are the file photos. And then here we go. So the they're, they're taking these very dramatic photos. Police line, do not cross, you know, reporters not being allowed to get any closer. That's what they're trying that to tell us. That photographer, Jim Weber of the New Mexican. He dramatic. Is, that guy's on like every other article. They must have two photographers. They do. They okay. only have two. Okay, literally. Or three sometimes. But yeah, that's, wow. He gets around. Um... Carson's uh, uh, inscription had like like Kit Carson, great frontiersman, and then the phrase "He led the way." I remember he led the way and led, led the way. way to the Navajos to their death. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Federal pol so federal police see. would take the lead. So mm -hmm. those two mm -hmm. folks down there. Sometime Thursday night, authorities said the top of the monument in front of the U.S. District Courthouse was taken down, apparently by someone driving an older white pickup. At 9.30 p.m., a reporter observed the truck inches from the wooden barrier with pieces of the monument nearby and a cable attached to the vehicle leading toward the downed obelisk. The police were called at 8.04 uh, he said that, yeah, the federal authorities would take the lead since it is federal property. Uh, no one was injured. Police are still looking for the suspect or suspects who appeared to have fled on foot. Oh, I see the next line. A man who did not want to be identified said he came upon the scene as the monument was being torn down and parked his truck so that's why they in front of the suspect's truck boxing it in so that's when they fled on foot this, at about 9 45 a small crowd of onlookers had gathered and police were closing off streets and then here they and this is like a walking area so that's why there's a lot mm -hmm. of onlookers people just be walking by normally mm -hmm. see this is just mm. as the fiesta de santa fe an annual celebration for the Spanish reconquest of the city from the Pueblo Indians in 1692 gets ready to kick off. There, there were the the school board. Um, so the 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 Fiesta de Santa Fe reenactors, they usually parade through all of the schools, all of the elementary schools. Oh. Um, to talk about how cool it is that they took over mm. Santa Fe again. Mm. Yeah. Um, and this this week, the school board was voting on whether or not to allow it to continue they... they said they would mm. 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 Mm -hmm. I like the list of who voted yes to mm -hmm. keep that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm. remember their names mm -hmm. here the Santa Fe New Mexican article also talks about the long walk mm -hmm. yeah I'm looking here The monument honoring him is dedicated on Memorial Day, 1885, with about 5,000 people in residence. Well, he wasn't, or in attendance. He was no longer mm -hmm. alive, though. He wasn't there, mm -mm. according to the... Many were men who had served with Carson at one of his exploits. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Very strange. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, um... Well, here, why don't we... I'm glad that happened. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, I'm it's allowed to sit on the sidelines and be like, "Wow, that happened." Yeah, good. It's going to be very interesting uh, to see how the community reacts. And, and this is uh, like a current issue. This just happened. It just happened last, last night. night. So, you should. Uh, I'm going to go read some of the comments. But, I hope you don't. Nobody should. No, I'll, I'll, go read your own newspaper. I on do. that note, I do. <laughs> Every day. On that note, I think what we'll do is we'll end today's episode yes. with another song about Kit Carson. Yes. And for you, punish like like those of you who love the punishment, you'll probably want to stick around for the next part. Yes. <laughs> I think so. So long. Everybody. What were even then ancient westerns on TV, and uh, one of the characters that that figured 
in those westerns very often was a guy named Kit Carson, who um, always wore a white hat. And the worst thing he ever did in those movies was shoot the nasty buffalo that got in the way of our train. Um, when I was out in Arizona a couple of years ago, I, um, I met a fellow, Navajo fellow, who was telling me about the real story of Kit Carson. And it was somewhat less benign and less innocuous. Uh, in fact, he appears to have been the precursor of, dare I say it, Oliver North, or <laughs> in his own small way, you know. Um, he made friends with the Navajo people and learned uh, all, all he could about them. And then when it was time for the U.S. government to remove them from their lands, he led the cavalry to their villages, which were burned. The water holes were poisoned. People were slaughtered. So I, it seemed to me that this, this sort of little bit of mis-shattering deserved a, a memento. And uh, I thought I'd try to write a song in the style of those old songs that, that would normally celebrate a guy like that. But, uh, but in this case, well, you'll hear what it does. I hope his relatives aren't here. <laughs> and if you are, I hope Fuck you're you, awfully yeah. forgiving. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. Kit Carson. have meant by this guitar solo. It's 
guitar solo is supposed to symbolize the clacking of the horse hooves. AF, G sharp. That used to bear his name. That means it, it goes H A F hard as fuck. Yes. <laughs> it means you're. A tear is rolling Look down her face for the buffalo. Look at all of those folks who are descendants of Kit Carson, incredibly. <laughs> They're like, yeah, woo! He was bad. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, I mean, we're all descendants of him in some way. If you live in town, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> oh, when the universe began, we were all one. So that's where we cut for the second episode? Yes. Oh, holy shit. How's it going? Yes. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> the echoing notes of a Southwest tune softly play, suggesting the end of a chapter, but not the entire story. All right, travelers of time and thought, looks like our trail through history has to take a brief pause. As with all great tales, there are always twists and turns, and our journey through the shadow of obelisks is no different. These towering monoliths from ancient Egypt to the heart of Santa Fe have tales as vast and deep as the sky over the desert. Before we sign off this chapter, a massive shout out to each one of you who've joined Kathy and Brian on this deep dive into obelisks and their significance. Your curiosity fuels their passion and for that they're ever grateful. Stay tuned for part B, where the journey continues. We've only just begun to unravel the mysteries and the stories that these historical giants guard. And if I may share a fictional tidbit, I once tried to put a tiny obelisk in the White House garden, but Michelle thought it clashed with the decor. Oh well, you win some, you lose some. Till we meet again on the sands of time, keep those imaginations wild and spirits high. From all of us here at Reality Issues, thank you and see you soon. The Southwest melody crescendos and then fades, leaving listeners in eager anticipation for the next installment. Let's go.